Hey there, everybody. So, <clears throat> we're not having services this morning because of the cold. Because of that, I wanted to offer just a brief devotion. My hope is this gives you an opportunity to reflect on our Heavenly Father and His great power, but also, I don't want to try to do something that's like, you know, substitute church, because there's no substitute for assembling together with the saints. And so when God's providence determines we should miss that, we should just miss it. But there is a bit of wind rattling my window just about three feet away, and right outside it's stirring up about a negative 14 degree air. So I thought maybe we'd talk about the weather, or more specifically about Mother Nature. A few months ago, I think it was maybe around early October, the Apple Corporation introduced the newest line of its most popular product, the, you know, the iPhone. This time it was uh, iPhone 15. This is not an iPhone 15. By the way, you notice how those numbers are just going up? I, I can already hear like a generation from now, my kids getting pestered by grandchildren who say, I have to have the new iPhone 147. Anyway, to, to introduce their new iPhone, Apple produced this short little film called 2030 Status Mother Nature. 2030 Status Mother Nature. And if you really want to, you can pause this right now and go to YouTube and check out that video and you'll know what I'm talking about. It's not necessary, but you can if you want to and the rest of us will wait for you. For those of you who are still with me, cool. We're really not going to wait for them. <clears throat> the, the video opens and it's inside of a boardroom of corporate executives who are just nervously preparing for a meeting, but we don't really know right away who they're meeting with. It turns out they're having an annual meeting with Mother Nature, who shows up as the, the sky darkens and lightning flashes in the background. Um, Apple CEO Tim Cook, who, not a horrible actor in this, it turns out, anxiously delivers the line he rehearsed to start the meeting. He says, Mother Nature, welcome to Apple. How was the weather getting in? To which... Mother Nature sarcastically replies, the weather was however I wanted it to be. What you find as you watch the video is that Mother Nature is, to say it bluntly, not at all motherly. In fact, she's, she's pretty snotty. She's angry even. I mean, obviously, she's tired of all of us humans mistreating her environment. But of course, since it's an Apple video... The boardroom is full of people who reassure her that the company is, you know, they're removing plastics and using recycled aluminum and phasing out leather and, you know, installing clean electricity, whatever clean electricity is. Like, it reminds me, I've got to check to see if the electricity at the parsonage has gotten dirty again. The, this little video for Apple did not go over well. They even had to shut off the comments on their video because they were just getting blasted. But I'm not talking about it because I particularly care about Apple or their environmental policy or their corporate propaganda. It's interesting to me what people cared about and what they didn't care about. Because if I wanted to criticize their video, 
it would be because it embraced paganism. Okay, Mother Nature is the Roman term for the Greek goddess Gaia, sometimes also called Mother Earth. And this, you know, Mother Nature supposedly is responsible for caring for humans, much like your own mother would, right? She provides the most fundamental necessities of life, like air and water and crops for food and that kind of thing. And clearly, according to the video, we've made Mother Nature angry. I mean, is that what's happening outside my window right now? Is, is Mother Nature ticked off and trying to teach us a lesson or get our attention? I hope you know better than that. The creation around us, including every element of the weather, was made by and is controlled by the one true creator God of Scripture. Here's, here's the way the prophet Jeremiah says it. In Jeremiah 10, verses 10 through 13, he says, But the Lord is the true God. He is the living God and the everlasting King. At his wrath, the earth will tremble and the nations will not be able to endure his indignation. Thus you shall say to them, the gods that have not made the heavens and the earth shall perish from the earth and from under these heavens. He, that is God, he has made the earth by his power. He has established the world by his wisdom and has stretched out the heavens at his discretion. When he utters his voice, there is a multitude of waters in the heavens and he causes the vapors to ascend from the ends of the earth. He makes lightning for the rain. He brings the wind out of his treasuries. Right. So throughout, throughout the Old Testament, the prophets kept bringing this message that all those so-called gods that were controlling creation, there's nothing to them. There's no god of the ocean and no god of crops and no goddess of the rain. You know, the only true source of control is the one creator god, Yahweh himself. In fact, that continues into the New Testament. In, in Acts chapter 14, the apostle Paul, in one of his missionary journeys, finds himself standing in this city called Lystra, a place that would have embraced that, you know, Mother Gaia, Mother Earth mythology. And he told the people in that city that they should turn from their pagan worship. Two, he says, quote, the living God who made the heavens, the earth, the sea, and all things that are in them, who in bygone generations allowed all nations to walk in their own ways. Nevertheless, he did not leave himself without witness in that he did good. He gave us rain from heaven and fruitful seasons, filling our hearts with food and gladness. In other words, Paul says, all those things that you attribute to your pagan gods and goddesses, all those things that get assigned to Mother Earth, are in fact merciful gifts from my Heavenly Father to elevate any part of nature to the status of God is to worship the creation when you are called to worship the Creator. And the very Creator came into humanity in the flesh, in the person of Jesus. Now, how do we know that Jesus is that Creator? Well, we know because we're told very directly, one thing, Paul 
When he writes to the Colossians, he tells them everything in heaven and earth, visible and invisible. So whether you can see it or whether you can't, it was all made by him and for him and in him all things consist. Or literally the word Paul uses there for consist means to hold together. Everything is held together by Jesus. We don't only know it because Paul tells us. We also know it from what we see in the Lord's life, in the Gospels, for example, in Mark chapter 4, we get the story of Jesus asleep in a boat when this dreadful storm begins to rage and, and threatens to capsize him and all the disciples in the sea. And the disciples wake up Jesus asking him, don't you care that we're going to die? Which, by the way, don't overlook that question. If there ever was an impersonal Mother Nature, I assure you, you can ask her that question, and the answer would be, no, I don't care. But Jesus does. In, in Mark 4, verse 39, it says, He arose, <clears throat> he rebuked the wind, and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. Just picture that. A man standing in a boat and shouting to the raging storm, literally the words, be silent, be muzzled. And the wind and the waves hear him. I assure you, I can, I can open my window right now and shout at the wind and it's not going to hear me. It would not recognize my voice, but it recognizes Jesus because that is the voice that spoke all creation into existence. Now, for the disciples in the boat, they reacted to that scene with relief, for sure. But also it says they feared exceedingly. I mean, suddenly they knew <clears throat> that all that power of nature that they were afraid of that was outside the boat, it did not come to close to matching the power of that man inside the boat. And they started looking at each other and asking, who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him? And that's kind of a self-answering question. This is God himself, the sovereign ruler of every molecule of creation. Or as Jeremiah said, the, the true God, the living God, the everlasting king who made earth by his power. And yet, that all-powerful king of creation did not stand aloof and distant. He doesn't, he doesn't gather us up in a boardroom once a year to have us report what we're doing to keep him happy, right? He came and he entered creation himself in order to save us from our sins. He did not come to save the whales. The end goal is not, you know, pushing off global climate change. In, in fact, there is a dramatic global climate change coming when the Apostle Peter says that the elements of this world will melt with fervent heat because there is a new creation that will replace this old one. If we will experience that new creation, if we're going to be a part of it, then it requires us to recognize that we are entirely dependent on God alone. We need his mercy. We need his grace. We need his righteousness through the sacrificial death and the victorious resurrection of his son. We need him. Like it or not, God does not need what you have to offer. Jesus does not need you. 
you need Jesus. And in a strange way, that's what got me thinking about that video from Apple. It's not just that it's abhorrent because it embraces ancient paganism. It's even worse than that. In, in ancient forms of paganism, the gods, small g, right, were in control and humans desperately vied for their attention. And so there were great acts and sacrifices and feasts and celebrations, all these things done in order to get the attention of the gods and secure their help. But if anything, modern culture has taken that and run with it to an extreme that's even worse, if that's possible. It's just as pagan, right, embracing a, a goddess like Mother Earth, but modern paganism means to teach that, that Mother Nature needs us, right? Mother Nature may be threatening and powerful, but Clearly, she needs us. She needs us to use less plastic and recycle aluminum and clean our electricity and all those kinds of things. Only you and me, and apparently Apple Incorporated, only we can bring about a resolution for the world's problems. Because if there's ever going to be a happy ending to this world, it depends on us. And that's absolutely the message the world gives today. It's all up to you. You are the one with the power. And if you don't believe that, go watch that little video by Apple and see how by the time it ends, CEO Tim Cook is standing from the table eye to eye in a stare-down challenge with Mother Nature, and he wins, right? She blinks first. This is the depth of our spiritual depravity. Not only has humanity denied the one true God, we have gone about making up fictional gods, and then we put ourselves in control over those fictional gods so that we can say, God did not make us. We don't have anything to answer for. We are the ones who make the gods, and they are dependent on us. And so the power is ultimately with us. But every once in a while, the everlasting king of creation gives us a reminder, doesn't he? He sends the lightning, and we hide. He, he sends a tornado, and we we cower. He hides the sun behind the clouds and covers the earth with ice and rattles our windows with arctic air. And it reminds us, we do not have the power. We need him. So friends, there is no impersonal and irritated mother nature to credit for this. But you do have an all-powerful and awe-inspiring Heavenly Father. So, stay inside today, appreciate the fact that what's raging outside is well outside of your control. Embrace that, enjoy that, and peek out the window once in a while and remind yourself that each ice crystal brings him glory and every whisper of the wind shouts his praises. See you next week.